Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, good morning. Welcome once again to our one combined summer worship service. It is really a wonderful gift to be all together during the summer as a united family of faith. Today, we are starting a new sermon series. This series will carry us through the remainder of the summer, and we're calling it Life Verse. Life Verse. Throughout the summer, Dave and I, along with members of the staff and some special guest speakers as well, have all, uh, we're going to preach on our chosen life verses, passages of scripture that are meaningful to us, that we hope we think will be meaningful to you, verses that we think are even good enough that are, they're worth committing to memory. And so to that end, every Sunday as you leave the sanctuary, the ushers will give you one of these cards, a memory verse, a life verse card. It'll have the the verse of that day printed on the back of it, and we want you to take it and put it somewhere you're going to see it, somewhere that's going to catch your eye, that uh, you can at least be reminded of it throughout the week, and if you're so inclined that you could work on memorizing it uh, that week. We spent our winter and spring kind of doing an overview of the whole Bible. This summer, we're kind of going deeper into specific passages. Again, uh, each of us have that, that prerogative that we've gotten to choose the, the verses that are life verses for us, but we hope that they become life verses for you as well. So today we're starting with one of mine. I'm going to read you the, the singular verse that's here on the card, but uh, we're also going to look at it more in its wider context in a few minutes. But here's the verse. It's from John 10.10, where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's the life verse that I've chosen for today. And thinking about that verse, what I want us to think about today is how Jesus said that we might, that he came, that we might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came to give us abundant life. It's not a phrase that we, in our everyday language, use all that often. Nobody's out there striving for the abundant life. What we do say, what a lot of us are striving for, is what we might call the good life. Right? I'd hazard to guess that for most of us, if we're honest, we'd be really, really happy if we achieved something close to what people might call the good life. But here's the problem. The good life that a lot of us are searching for, I would hazard to say, is not actually all that good. In fact, the good life that a lot of us are searching for, working for, striving for, frankly, it's a lot of work. To me, nothing epitomizes the good life more than summer vacation. And I'll tell you what I mean. We are in that season. We're in the season of summer vacation. And, and all of us, we, we look forward to va- summer vacations so much because we think, we, we imagine that that's really where the good life lives. And so we plan for it. We save for it. We dream for it. We, we get ready for it. And we think when we reach that vacation, then we have achieved the good life because we're just going to be able to ah, sit back and relax. But a whole lot of vacations... Well, really, they they are not vacations at all. They end up being trips. And make no mistake, 
there is a very, a vast difference between a vacation and a trip. Let me just give you a few examples. If you are traveling by car, it's a good chance it's a trip. If you have packed more than one throw-up bag, clearly it is a trip. If you break into a complete sweat to the end that you have to change your car before you leave for your vacation, if packing that car leads to at least one, if not more, fights with your spouse, because one of you has a better system for packing, then you, my friend, are going on a trip. If your final destination has a kitchen, <laughs> you are not on vacation. You are on a trip. If you have to grocery shop before, during, and after your time away, it is a trip. If there is a pack-and-play in your room, <laughs> not a vacation. If you are in a hotel room with two filled double beds, not a vacation. If you are going to see a fort or visiting an aquarium, trip. If you are touring a battlefield in 90-degree heat, you are on a trip. If you have to pay more than your car payment for cheesy souvenirs that you will soon throw away, you are on a trip. How many of you are going on trips this summer? <laughs> we want a vacation, we get a trip. We want the good life, but it just feels so far beyond our reach. So it just got me thinking, what if the good life isn't actually all that good? What if it's not enough? What if what we're looking for ultimately can't be found in the places that we are looking? I'll be the first to admit that like many of you, I want the good life. Like many of you, I struggle to find it, to, to keep it, to feel like the good life is really mine. And so I take comfort in these words from Jesus that what he offers us isn't actually the good life at all. What he offers us is so much more. What Jesus offers is the abundant life. And he tells us how to get it as we look more closely to the passage that this verse comes from. So if you have your Bible in front of you, you can go ahead and open it to John chapter 10. And we're going to listen to Jesus together, starting at verse 1. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief 
comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus promises that he will provide us with a life that far exceeds, way surpasses, totally goes above and beyond the good that we could ever get for ourselves. So if that's true, if Jesus is offering us a full and abundant life that is bigger and better than any good life we might get for ourselves, that leaves us to ask a really important question. How do we get it? How do we get this good, this better than good, abundant life that Jesus offers? Well, looking at the context in which Jesus made this promise, we see that the abundant life comes in finding and discovering that we have a shepherd. It's discovering and it's believing that we need a shepherd. And in Jesus, we have the one that we need, but not just any shepherd. We have And in Jesus, we have and we need a shepherd who calls us by name, a shepherd who cares for our every need, and a shepherd who claims us as his own in this life and the next. That's where we find the abundant life. The abundant life is found in knowing that we have a shepherd who calls us by name. You know, we're, we're, most of us, we're pretty connected to our names. Our names aren't just a, a sound that people make when they're trying to get our attention. Our, our names carry meaning for us. A lot of us, our names have stories behind them. And even without that, we still feel our, our sense of identity connected to our names. And you know this is true for whenever you go to Starbucks and they get it wrong, right? Like, how hard is it? But, like, there's been times that they have spelled my name in all kinds of ways that make no sense to me, and I find myself irate. Like, this person doesn't know me, and yet when they get my name wrong, I feel like it's a personal insult. But when somebody does know your name, when they do get it right, it just, it's something you just feel known. Back in high school, uh, we got a, a new youth director when I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and his name was Steve, and we liked him a lot, but, but really, the, the selling point on Steve, the new youth pastor, was his wife, Julie. She was awesome. And we loved her right from the start, and we, we, they had this, you know, when you bring in a new pastor to a church, they do the whole, you know, deal and parties and open houses to everybody get to know them, and so we went through a receiving line and shook hands and met Steve and his wife, Julie, and uh, I was there with my best friend, Katie. And so we went through the line, met them, we had our name tags on, like, we so appreciate that you all do as well. Uh, and then they had another, that was like on a Saturday, and so then church was the next day, Sunday, Right. So Steve and Julie come to church, and me and Katie think we're really funny. So we switch our name tags, thinking, aha, we're going to show them, you know, comedians. Um, And we walk up to them. I don't think Steve notices. He just keeps moving. And Julie looks at us. She goes, no, that's wrong. You're Becca. You're Katie. Switch them back. And we could not have loved her more. Jesus says, we have a shepherd who calls us by name. We have a shepherd who knows us. We have a shepherd who knows everything about us. We have a shepherd who deeply, deeply loves us. Tim Keller was the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City for a number of years. He passed away recently, but I'm quite sure his legacy is going to live on for many, many years. 
And regarding this idea of, of how, how important it, uh, it is for us to feel known, he, he once said this. He said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything else. That's what Jesus is saying we get in this shepherd, one who knows us, one who loves us, one who calls us by name. That is where the abundant life begins. But there's more. We have a shepherd who calls us by name and who cares for our every need. You know, back when Jesus was first speaking these words to the audience who was listening to him in that moment, he knew that their brains would automatically go to another passage of scripture. As soon as he started giving them kind of the the word picture of a shepherd, he knew that that would click for them a pretty well-known passage of scripture. It was well-known to them and it's well-known to many of us. The 23rd Psalm, right? The Lord is my Shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Now, we don't have time today to go all the way into that psalm, but I just want you to notice one really cool thing about it. If you have a Bible in front of you, you can look. I'll also show you on the screen here. Uh, But throughout that short psalm, the shepherd actually moves to three different locations. In verses two and three, we read, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Sometimes the shepherd goes before the sheep, leading them to the places he wants them to go. But then in verse four, we read that as we walk through the darkest valley, where is the shepherd? You are with me, he says. When we go through trouble, when the sheep are in trouble, the shepherd isn't out ahead of them. No, in those darkest valleys, the shepherd is there beside them. And then in verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In Hebrew, the word here for follow literally means to pursue, to go after. When the sheep wander off, the shepherd never lets them go. He's right there behind them, chasing after them. Whatever our need, we have a shepherd who cares. Some of us today are in need of a shepherd who goes before us, one who will give us guidance and direction as we face an uncertain future. Jesus can be that shepherd who goes before you. Some of us, others of us, are in a dark dark valley today. Some of us are in the valley of the shadow of death, and you need to know that you're not alone. Your shepherd assures you he is right there beside you, comforting you, carrying you, keeping you safe in his arms. And some of us, well, some of us may have wandered off, or we have loved ones who have strayed, but none of us can go far. For we have a shepherd who is behind us, who is chasing after us, never ever willing that any one of us should get lost. 
before us, beside us, behind us. No matter where we are in life, we have a shepherd who cares for our every need. Our shepherd calls us by name. Our shepherd cares for our every need. And finally, he claims us. Our shepherd claims us as his own in this life and in the next. Because here's the thing about this shepherd. He is able to call us by name. He wants to care for our every need because he claims us, because we are his own. Jesus says that about the shepherd. He says he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. We are his own. The Heidelberg Catechism is one of the confessions of the Presbyterian Church. It's one of the statements of our shared Christian faith, written a lot of years ago and is written for the purpose of teaching new believers the the basic tenets of the Christian faith. And so it's written in this kind of question and answer form. And I love the first question of this statement of faith. First question is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? I want you to think for a minute of how you'd answer that. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Here's how the catechism answers it, at least in part. This begins this way. It says, my only comfort in life and in death is that I am not my own, but I belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, we have a shepherd who claims us as his own in this life and in the next. And I want to tell you a story to close today. A testimony of a a couple named Steve and Cheryl Hayner, whose story I think demonstrates how powerful this abundant life truly is. Steve Hayner was, for many years, the president of Columbia Theological Seminary. Before that, his career took him to places such as uh, leading InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, serving on the board of International Justice Mission, uh, being a leader in uh, World Vision uh, Relief and Development Organization, doing a lot of things. I, I became familiar with Steve Hayner back in college. He came to my college campus and spoke several times. And even, even then, I just you could tell he was a person who knew, who lived this abundant life in Christ. Well, just after Easter 2014, Steve was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And as he battled this terrible disease, Steve and his wife Cheryl kept an online journal of their experiences and reflections, which his kids later turned into a book. I read it several years ago, but it sticks with me even still. It just was a beautiful picture that Steve, even as he faced death, he lived this incredibly abundant life. I want to share with you some of the things he wrote. He said, facing death has a way of clarifying life. So let me tell you a few things I've learned in the last few months. One, when Jesus is all you have, you soon discover that Jesus is all you really need. It is Christ who gives us meaning, purpose, worth, and security. We look for these things in a variety of places, in our families, in our jobs, in our churches, in our convictions, in our health, or 
wherever we think it can be found. But only in Jesus will we find life with a capital L, abundant life, which we experience now and which will last forever. I'm in the process of losing everything I have known on this earth, but I will never lose what God has given me in Christ. Two, as long as I have life on this earth, I have a call. Over my lifetime, I've had many roles to play and many jobs to fulfill, but it is not the particulars of these roles that ultimately matter so much as the call to be faithful. God has called me to follow Jesus in everything I do, to love the way Jesus loved, to listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings, and to be obedient to God's commands every day. No matter how sick I become, I still have a call. Three. Joy is not about my circumstances, but rather about being held and sustained by God's love. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, not suffering, not want, not abundance, not sin, not anything. God loves us from beginning to end and through every circumstance. If there is one thing that I can trust, it is God's love for me in Christ Jesus. There is nothing new about any of these lessons, but God continues to remind me. On Halloween, an unexpected reminder came from a trick-or-treater who was about eight years old. As he took his candy, he blurted out that he knew I was sick, and his family was all praying for me. Thank you, I replied. And then, with big, sincere eyes, he looked at me, smiled, and said, Heaven is going to be wonderful, you know? All I could think to say was, it already is. Well, Steve knew it then, and he knows it fully now. Heaven is wonderful. On January 31st, 2015, surrounded by family and friends, Steve Hayner entered into his eternal life. And he did so with total peace and complete joy, because he knew, he knew with all his being that he was claimed by his shepherd in this life and in the next. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, this abundant life is available to you today, this very moment, if you would simply open your hands and open your heart to receive Jesus, your shepherd. Your shepherd who calls you by name your shepherd who cares for your every need, your shepherd who claims you as his own in this life and in the next. Receive that gift of abundant life. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.